This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. Hi, this is Grishma Kuttar and this is episode 10 of Dispatches from Manipur. Through this podcast, I intend to bring out ground reports about the continuing ethnic violence that has gripped Manipur from the first week of May. When firing started at Khamanlok area in Saikul early on July 12th, families from the 10 Kuki villages in the area didn't leave immediately as they had been assured by the central forces just a week before that they will be taken care of. Only later on the 12th did the families start fleeing when they saw mobs in thousands approaching their villages. They fled in the middle of heavy rains and the only way to go was into the forest and then to go over the adjacent hill ranges. Caught in the rain and the chaos of it, many families were split up, some lost to only eventually resurface at Dongsum. Kimnyo's family had already been through enough in the past month. Kimnyo is a single mother with four children from Gojang, one of the villages that was burned down. She and her eldest daughter, Nengnailem, who discontinued her studies to help her mom, were farm workers and farmers. They sustained the family with their daily wages. On the 1st of May, Kimnyo had travelled to Lemakong along with Nengnailem to visit her son, Mang Mingong, at his boarding school. The school had called her the previous day reporting that her son was sick. Within days of her reaching Lemakong, violence hit Manipur and the family was stranded. They were in Imphal and the violence was soaring around them. Two of her kids were back at her village in Gojang which was also under threat. Ling Nehal, Kimnyo's second daughter was at home with her youngest Seimanlal, a 7-year-old. Listen in to Ling Nehal describe how she protected herself and her younger brother in spite of not being able to communicate with her mother for days. Alhon ki pana so uh kele kanapa anyopian pana ina kom hum pana suspend appearing the this class 10 metric examinations and from public school which is in cycle and then uh, she is waiting for the result to declare in her villages in that time she and her young younger sister is there but her mother and her elder brother is there at Lemakong which is a very far from the, from her village yeah she stay alone with her uh, younger brother I mean, younger brother and then uh, when the the war started and first they are not been attacking their areas first they been attacking the laimakong and then she heard that uh, her mother and her let's say her elder brother they been in very difficult situation in laimakong uh, but she's alone with her younger brother in her villages she don't know what to do in that time she said she she cried in that time and her mother and her elder brother find the ways the difficult ways to to come and to reach her home in that time they meet they meet and then uh, in that time the meitei people came to their village and attacking their areas first they they heard the firing the gunshot and then in that time they are in very uh 
they fear that gunshot and they cry, everyone cries. Even the military people cut down their electric lights. They don't have light in that time. Uh, they are in a dim way. They also cut their networks. They are not be able to communicate with other, each other. And that time, she feel very difficult to leave. She said that she cried with her. When the Meite people starting attacking some of their areas, they've been able to save their life running from that their villages. They've been uh, left whatever they have in her home with tails and then they've been left and they've been left her home and climb up in the mountain with her families and so that she, time, her sister yeah and who all uh, left from the village this was yesterday night or day before yesterday night when did they leave from there uh, day after Day before. Day, day before. Day before. Yeah, day before. And then she also mentioned that when she left her home in the forest, uh, they've been sharing their life and they've been running for the one of the cookie villages, which is a nearby, uh, to save their life. In that time, uh, which is Dongsang. Yeah, Dong, Dongsang. Dongsang. Yeah, yeah. And they've been able to reach Dongsang in that time in the forest. Uh, and that time, even the rainfalls there, they've been facing the rainfalls. And there was too much rain day yeah, before too yesterday. Too much rain in the forest. And then they've been crying. And they, she also mentioned that she left whatever she have in her home. She's, her documents and I'll ask her, her school uh, certificate, all of that. certificate home. Ina umzen so na. Uh, she's been uh, waiting for the declaration of the exam, uh, the results of the metric, but she left her that uh, class nine below documents, whatever she have in her home. She also mentioned that she's reaching here with empty handed. She don't have anything. She's very emotional for this incident that happening in her life. Oh, Olivia, I'm gonna so. In that uh, in that incident on May third, they've been in Leimakung Bazaar, which is one of the what they've been staying there. And then when the incident start there, when the Meite attack Leimakung, they've been shifted to other village, which is also the uh, there in or what or the refugee camp. They've been running their life there in the refugee camp. From that came. They, they've been, that, uh, that area, the, the, the villagers, the villagers, they've been, uh, taking one vehicle to drop them with not only them, but some of the peoples from this Kangpopi, they've been dropping there in that time. She also mentioned that they all been sick that time. Sick. And then when they reach one of the villages, which is called Hengzang in Kangpopi district, and then when she reached Hengzang, they don't see any vehicle to reach their home they've been able to wait there and then lastly one of the let's say sectiman vehicles let's say uh, that vehicle arrived they've been asking them request them to drop there in Kangpopi. thankfully kimnio managed to return by the 11th after a long turbulent journey staying in camps of the army to walking miles along with her kids and finally climbing the hill after dongsum to reach gojang 
On June 12th though she had to take her kids to safety by crossing over the hill again as Kamanlok engulfed into violence. 2 days after her village was set on fire. The family had lost everything that they had. When Kimnio met me on the 14th at a relief camp in Saikul, she wasn't only worried about how to provide for her family. She also said that she is worried how her kids are going to deal with the trauma of what has happened to them over the last month. Listen to Ningnelam, Kimnio's eldest daughter, speak about their ordeal. So, uh, two nights back, you travelled from Goajang and you have now reached Saikul. Right? What happened? What do, whatever you remember, you tell me. Uh, at night, uh, at that night, I was sleeping and my mom told me to wake up and get ready. And we were go to Dongsum. <clears throat> so, uh, in that night, we stayed all the night, no sleeping. So, that time... Um, by what happened uh, that night that morning that night, what had what the, had happened the mates they were uh, entering our area in, in the mountains they were from changsang yeah at that time um, we were all afraid so the, at the morning my mother um, she said let's go out um, the, today uh, our house urban she said yeah uh, the um, army who were guiding us. They told us. Uh, they told the chief. And when we heard the guns and the bombs, and we were uh, running um, in the mountains. Okay. <clears throat> from morning to evening, you all were in your village only. Only in the night you all left. When did you leave from Goashang? At the morning, like nine, nine, eight, nine. Like we leave the village. Okay. 9.30. 9.30. By then, you heard the sounds, but the mob had still not come to your village, right? But you all left. Why were you scared that, or, you know, what were the people around you telling? Uh, they told us all the girls uh, move out. Only the boys should stay. That's why we, and we were scared. That that's the reason. And the boys told us to all the girls you should go out. So that's why we... You So after you all left the village, you all climbed the hill. When you climbed the hill, did you hear, you know, that is the time when Kopibang was burned down, right? What did you hear? Boom, gunshot. Yeah, it's not stopping. So we were afraid. We were like running. And, and one little baby, he was born like five days. He's like five days. His mother, he was, uh, she was still uh, like. Um, she had just delivered the baby. Yeah. So she was in pain, is it? Yeah. She cannot walk properly. And uh, her child, one, uh, two, three, uh, uh, like, they were like. She told like that uh, the. The mother that been delivered her child like five days, she's in pain, but she also had the other child who's only walk, who's practicing to walk. And then uh, she had two child, yeah, she's coming along with them. Who has it? In that time, the rain falls catch and dog, and they've been facing that too. It was them. raining heavily then, is it? Umbrella. And she didn't have even a little 
blankets. Like, he had no blankets, yeah, no raincoat. She just carry her baby with pain. She can't walk. And we were crying. And the baby was like for five days. <laughs> the baby uh, at the at the forest, the baby was crying again. So we didn't have anything to do. We were just like, just crying. We didn't have anything to do. Just... You don't know how to like stop the baby from crying. Her mother was also in pain again. They are with, with the rain and with the baby under the rain. They've been wet. The babies were crying. They don't know what to do. They don't have anything to give to the baby. In that time, they all wet and they, they are in the forest. No umbrella, no shelter, whatever. They face that problem. So uh, from Gojang, how much time did it take you to reach Dongsung? Nine to like one or uh, from nine, nine thirty, ten or one twelve, like one, two, like this. So, so many hours it took you to climb the hill and reach Dong. It was flooding again. It was flooded. Yeah. We can go, uh, we can walk nicely if we want to, we just fall down. So you had to slowly uh, yeah. reach this thing, mm-hmm. right? So from Dongsong, you came to Cycle. Yeah. And your village right now, yesterday night, we heard that two more villages, Kamenlok and I... I Tulopai, Aigizang. Have been burned. Is your village is next to this village? Yeah, it's like, in, it's really near, only one bridge. It crosses. Yeah. And uh, small villages all of They've been like, uh, they've been separated. The, the distance is like half kilometer of half kilometer from I to her village. Okay. Half of the, mm. the half kilometers. They, they separated by only one bridge. Yeah. Are any of, uh, in, in your village right now, still the village volunteers are there, right? From your village. Uh, yes, boys, yeah. And who is physically held, physically fit, they've been able to guide their villagers still. They're still in your village? Yes. Ghost. There is enough data to establish that wars such as these have lasting impacts on children. In the case of the Kukizomi tribes, the community has faced a similar situation in the 1990s when they were caught in a similar war with those from the Naga tribes, also leading to many deaths and mass displacement of the community. As we speak about the immediate impact of ethnic violence, which the central government is yet to address properly, what also needs to be thought about is the intergenerational trauma carried by those belonging to the Kuki tribes till now and how even this generation, especially children and young teens, now stand impacted by it.